grace, which is God's undeserved love. Mercy, which is God withholding the punishment that we deserve for our sins. And peace, which is that state of heart and mind where things are right between us and a holy God. Those are yours. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours in abundance. Through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Amen. Sisters and brothers in the faith. The scientific word for it is phosphorescence. Now perhaps you've heard that word before. Maybe many of you have not. But simply put, phosphorescence is the ability of material to absorb energy and to return that energy slowly in the form of light. Now you know where I'm going with this big word, phosphorescence. Again, maybe an unfamiliar word, but the science is familiar to all of you. It's the technology behind all of that glow-in-the-dark stuff that we have in our lives. Maybe some glow-in-the-dark plastic faceplate on a light switch. Maybe some glow-in-the-dark paint marking a curb or something like that. But I would say most of us here this morning remember glow-in-the-dark toys. Yep, little Mike Otterstetter used to have a glow-in-the-dark yo-yo. And I would take it out into the sun, the two or three times the sun comes out in Wisconsin every year, and I, I would get it good and, good and charged up, and then I, I would watch it in a, in a dark room. Wow, this is really cool. Maybe a glow-in-the-dark Super Bowl. Maybe glow-in-the-dark pajamas. Now, come on, how many had glow-in-the-dark pajamas at some point in their life? Yeah, well, it's, they're coming back. They're coming back. Yeah. So, phosphorescence is what makes glow-in-the-dark stuff work. And again, you know how it works. I mean, you maybe don't know the science behind it. I do teach classes at Martin Luther College, but I guarantee you they don't let me teach science. I'm trained as a pastor. So, these things have to be charged up, right? Held under a bright light to then glow in the dark. Now let's take that thing familiar to all of us and connect it to a spiritual truth this morning. God's Word tells us that there is no spiritual light in any of us born into this world, blind to spiritual truth, dead in sin, enemies of God, destined for the outer darkness of hell forever. That's the reality of what we faced. But God the Holy Spirit has enlightened us through word and sacrament so that we glow brightly with faith in Jesus and let that light shine in this sinful world. But then we need to be recharged regularly. Again, because there's no internal light in us, we come back to the Lord Jesus, His word and His sacrament to be recharged, to burn brightly in this world. We're going to direct our attention to a portion of Scripture where the image of light is brought out and connected to our spiritual lives. We read Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. If you'd like to follow along, those verses are printed in the service folder on page 9. 
For you once were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Brothers and sisters, take that short phrase from the Apostle Paul as the theme for our sermon together. Take this phrase today in your head and in your heart. Live as children of light. Live as children of light. Don't be overcome by sin's darkness. Burn brightly with the Lord's light. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Ephesians was building up to this message about living as children of light. In the first chapter of his letter, he reminded the Ephesian Christians that in eternity, before the creation of the world, God chose them to be his own. You want another big word like phosphorescence? We call that predestination. Now, since we didn't all stop at Starbucks for the double espresso extra shot of caffeine, we're not going to talk about predestination in this sermon. But it's not meant to confuse Christians. It's meant to comfort us that God's got it. God's got our salvation from beginning to end. That's the message. Then in chapter 2, you recall those sweet words that Lutherans loved, that Martin Luther loved. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For it is by grace that you have been saved, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. Then in Ephesians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul begins to talk about the Jews and the Gentiles alike, sharing in the light of salvation. Then in chapter 4, he begins to talk about Christian living, leading up to these verses, reminding the Ephesian Christians to live each day as children of light. First, he took them back to what they were prior to the light of the gospel, bringing them enlightenment. Our scripture reminds us as well. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Again, before the gospel came to them, complete darkness. Dark in unbelief, no relationship with God, destined for darkness forever. And yet the gospel of Jesus came to them. And so the Apostle Paul gave, gives them the encouragement, live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. So that they would not be overcome by sin's darkness, the Apostle Paul wanted these Ephesian Christians to continually go back to the Word of God to find out what pleases the Lord. They would find that in Holy Scripture. They would find that in, in the Ten Commandments. This is how God would have me let my light shine in this world. The power to live that kind of life could only come from Jesus living in them. But the guidance for their daily lives would be found in that word. Then the Apostle Paul reminds them 
that regarding the darkness of sin, they needed to be on their guard, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. There's really a double message there. The Apostle Paul says, don't give in to the darkness of sin, that sin that dwells within you and that sin that surrounds you. Have nothing to do with it, dear Christians. Expose it, he also says. Now we wonder, well, how would we do that in daily life? How do we expose the darkness of sin? I'm reminded of my father. I've been meeting people this morning who knew my dad who taught at St. Paul's and Fort Atkinson. When something would come on television or something would be in front of us that was contrary to God's word, he would call a spade a spade. He'd say, that's not right. That's sin, my children. That's sin, my son. Avoid that. Brothers and sisters, that's what Paul is reminding us to do in our daily lives. To not have anything to do with the deeds of darkness, but rather to expose them. How do the deeds of darkness creep back into our lives? Let's give some practical examples. Talking about what we see on our screens, for example. On Super Bowl Sunday, everybody wants to see the ads that are coming out, right? Sometimes the ads, well, when the Packers aren't playing, let's face it, you're just going to watch the ads anyway. But, but everybody wants to see the new ads that are coming out. Unfortunately, how many of them are filled with the darkness of the world? Beyond our guard, right? Beyond your guard. Or those other screens that we watch, our iPhone, iPad, our computer. That screen that's connected to the internet, is there darkness out there? Is there darkness that creeps into our lives through that media? Oh my goodness. From pornography to racism to every type of ideology and philosophy and ism contrary to God's word, they all stream by constantly, don't they? And so today, as we hear this encouragement to live as children of light, the Apostle Paul says, be careful. Avoid those things. Have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness, rather them. The Apostle Paul would write in his letter to the Ephesians, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. So how exactly do we keep burning brightly and living as children of light if that darkness is within us and around us constantly? One of the things that is important for Lutheran Christians is what has been called spiritual breathing. That's exhaling, confessing our sins to God and to one another, and then breathing in the sweet gospel of Jesus. A theologian from a generation ago, Dietrich Bonhoeffer from World War II, World War II Germany, wrote an excellent paragraph about sin's darkness and what confession of our sins does for each of us as Christians. I want to share his thoughts with you. Again, I suppose you have to have the disclaimer 
Don't draw all your theology from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but this point is one that I think will resonate with you. Sin demands to have a person by himself. It withdraws him from the community. The more isolated a person is, the more destructive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous is his isolation. Sin wants to remain unknown. It shuns the light. In the darkness of the unexpressed, it poisons the whole being of a person. This can happen even in the midst of a pious community. In confession, the light of the gospel breaks into the darkness and seclusion of the heart. The sin must be brought into the light. The unexpressed must be openly spoken and acknowledged. All that is secret and hidden is made manifest. It is a struggle until the sin is openly admitted. But God breaks gates of brass and bars of iron. To live as children of light, brothers and sisters, we are careful to not be overcome by sin's darkness. That darkness that lurks within here. That darkness that surrounds us out there. But if we look at these verses from another perspective, we're reminded on how exactly we burn brightly with the Lord's light. The Apostle Paul reminds us, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Like glow-in-the-dark plastics and paints that need to be charged up, like residents of Wisconsin that need to be charged up. I see the sun coming through today. They said on the Milwaukee News, it's been 10 days with no sunlight. My goodness, no wonder we all look like trolls walking around. To shine brightly with the Lord's light, we come here to be recharged this morning. To hear the gospel of Jesus, the good news of salvation through him. To be recharged in the Lord's light, we walk in his word every day. You remember what Jesus said in John's gospel, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. He also said later in John, I have come into the world as a light that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Come out of the darkness, friends. Walk in the Lord's light this morning through the word that we hear in song and spoken, our Savior Jesus is here with us, recharging us so that we leave this place shining brightly with the gospel of Jesus in the hearts and lives of others. This morning I've been given the privilege to come here to St. Paul's and talk to you about your college of ministry, Martin Luther College in New Ulm, Minnesota. Now why is this place so important? Why do we send our children there, our young men and women? Why do we give financial gifts? Why are we constantly praying for that place? When you think of burning brightly with the Lord's light, I want you to think of the impact on your faith that pastors and teachers have had over the years. How have they brought you back again and again to the light of the Lord. 
and now think about the future. As Pastor McKinney said, those pictures of little, little children that became called workers. Who is going to share that light of Jesus in our hearts and in our lives, in pulpits and classrooms for another generation? That's why we ask for your prayers, your support, your encouragement. For a two-year period, we have a campaign going called Equipping Christian Witnesses. I want you to stop at the table in the entryway and pick up a casebook and read through it. You're going to learn about the three pillars that we've chosen for this campaign. First of all, recruitment to raise our enrollment from 700 students to maybe 900 or even 1,000 students. Then to offer more financial aid through the Congregational Partner Grant Program to improve our facilities to really prepare more gospel witnesses so that we continue to walk in the light and the light of Jesus Christ reaches the lives of so many more. This morning I sprung a big word on each of you. Phosphorescence. Hopefully that'll be something sticky for you today. Phosphorescence, glow in the dark. Paints, plastics, toys, pajamas, yo-yos. You charge them up by bringing them to the light. As I look at each of you, I see a spiritual phosphorescence occurring. Come back to the light of the gospel again and again in your private devotions, in your corporate worship, so that we can live as children of light. Yes, the warning is clear. Be careful. Don't be overcome by sin's darkness. That darkness that lurks in here and out there. But then shine brightly with the Lord's light. Amen.